Welcome to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. I'm James Groves, and along with my business partner, Bill Dement, we want to share our journey as small business owners with you. As owners of Hole in the Wall Drywall Repair for over the past decade, we have learned a few things. From the big wins to the occasional mistakes, we will attempt to peel back the curtain of owning a small business in the trade service industry. We don't have all the answers, but perhaps we can learn from a few things as we navigate the many adventures of owning a small business. All right, Bill, here we go. Our first one. First podcast. First podcast. So we're pretty sure we're going to make a lot of mistakes. 100%. Probably cough at the wrong time. Absolutely. Um, probably might, say the wrong thing a few times. Might hear me slurping my coffee occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to give this a go. Great. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I think that it's important that, you know, being our first podcast, who in the world uh, is this Bill and James peeps and who is hole in the wall and what do we do? And perhaps we should just kind of let the world know kind of who we are because those who know us love us. So let's get to know us better so people can sure. love us better. Well, listen, hole in the wall drywall repair. Uh, is the premier drywall repair uh, company in Central Florida. Uh, we cover the Orlando area, metropolitan area. We go uh, all the way out to the coast uh, towards uh, Melbourne on the east side, um, up to the villages on the north. We go to Kissimmee and beyond uh, to the south, and all the way out to Lakeland, which is most of the way to Tampa uh, to the west. Um, we have uh, six or seven trucks on the road every day, uh, we have trained and um, insured and licensed and uniformed mm-hmm. uh, employees that, uh, that do the work. And typically what we're doing is we're just helping homeowners uh, with the um, small holes that happen if they've had a ceiling leak, um, if they've had a repair done by an electrician, any, any uh, occurrence that's created a, a hole in their wall. And, and odd enough, probably 70% of the work we do are ceiling. So my neighbor always says we probably should have called it hole in the ceiling. ceiling. Yeah. 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 Well, what's fun is that, you know, when you had the original idea um, for hole in the wall, um, it was birthed out of a necessity. You know, you, you, you had phone calls, right? People were calling you to try and, and get drywall done. Yeah. We, um, yeah, we had, um, uh, we live pretty close to the University of Central Florida, which is an enormous school with 72,000 uh, students enrolled there. And um, about a decade ago, we, I had a lot of calls from those kids. They'd been partying back in f- January and February mm-hmm. uh, but, and knocked some holes in the walls. Uh, and around May, when the semester was over and they're moving on, they uh, were looking to not uh, lose their deposits on the apartment. So they called us in and we came in and did repairs on it. And we're able to do it at a fraction of the cost um, of, you know, what it would have been for them to lose their deposit. Yeah, I mean, and, and the idea stuck. I mean, we were able to, to not just grow from a, a small little small hole patch, one or two man operation to, you know, we've got over 20 employees right now. Right. With, multiple, with a whole fleet of trucks. Yep. And that's just in our Central Florida region. So it's funny is that, you know, I kind of came into the game um, a little bit later. Right, so so you had the idea. You were running a very successful painting business, um, but you figured out that in the in the short that there is a niche that is being missed mm-hmm. here. And it wasn't until until you actually had the first lab run, as we like to say, before I even came in the picture. So yeah, I, I think I think that was kind of <clears throat> pardon me. I think that was kind of the epiphany in the beginning was that there was a real need there because uh, anyone at that time that was uh, performing 
uh, drywall repair work for customers uh, was either a painting company that kind of did it on the side. It wasn't really their, uh, their, their main line of work, but they would do it as a complimentary service to a customer. Or on the other side of that equation uh, were large drywall companies that might do a drywall repair, but they really weren't geared mm-hmm. to do that. <clears throat> and so that was kind of the, the epiphany I had was, hey, what does it look like if somebody has a company that's specifically set up uh, just to do drywall repair work, not to install drywall, uh, not to do large drywall projects, but just to repair and to texture drywall. Maybe it's a homeowner who is um, you know, renovating a kitchen or a bathroom, um, you know, and maybe it's somebody, uh, like we said before, they've had a leak in the ceiling, they've had a pipe burst, um, we've had tubs that overflowed that damaged the ceiling um, more than a few times. Um, and, um, it turns out there are a lot of those people. I think our number was 1800 of those types Mm -hmm. of repairs in the Orlando area just last uh, year. year. Yeah. And we're on pace to be probably around 2000 this year. You know, know, as a homeowner trying to find, Oh, who do I, my, my, my dog chewed a hole in the wall. How do I get that fixed? So then you either try to do it yourself, which I love. I love the rescue job, the homeowner, homeowner repairs that have gone wrong. And I love the, uh, the ability to um, you know, come back and rescue uh, those people. But as a homeowner, before I was with Hole in the Wall, I had that same problem. My dog, Basil, chewed a hole in our wall. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? So I went to Home Depot. I got some spackle, and I tried a plastic knife. I tried to actually repair the drywall mm-hmm. myself. And this is what every homeowner does, you know, unless they know who to call. And so when you have the ability to call someone like Hole in the Wall and you have the ability to maybe ask a friend, after we've been around for years now, right. so you know we're all over Facebook and Nextdoor and, of course, the Internet uh, for Google, but we make it easier for people to get those problems resolved. So mm-hmm. that's kind of fun. Um, so, But you didn't start with drywall. I mean, where did you start? You know, odd, odd enough, I actually started out in the painting industry um, <clears throat> when I was in my mid-20s back in the... Uh, mid 1980s, I uh, needed a job. Uh, a friend, I had a friend who was working for a, a larger painting company uh, in Oklahoma City, and um, he got me a job there. Um, turns out I was pretty good at the work. I liked it pretty quick. Um, and then uh, the friend who had gotten me a job, he actually uh, would take on jobs on the weekend, and um, he began asking me, hey, do you want to you know, come help me with this side job I've got? And I did, and we were doing some new construction, some remodeling. We did interior, exterior painting. So I got a lot of years of experience doing that. Um, And one of the interesting things that uh, came along with some of the work he was doing was that he was doing drywall repair work for people, and that was kind of new to me. And um, I was absolutely amazed at, at the job itself. It's just intriguing. If you've never watched someone patch a hole in the wall, it's actually a fascinating process and um he he would do that and he was charging the customer of what i felt like was a healthy amount of money to do that repair Mm -hmm. and so i was interested in it um and then uh, several years down the road i started my own painting company um, and i also did drywall repair work Uh, I, i made sure that the name of my company always was painting and drywall repair and that would bring that kind of work in so uh, did that for many years. Matter of fact, I remember there was a, 
realtor that we did work for frequently, and she always wanted drywall work done. And then one day she asked me, she said, how did, how did you learn to do drywall work? And I says, well, this guy hired me one time, and he asked me if I could do drywall work. And I said yes, and turns out I could. <laughs> <laughs> so it, what I discovered was it was just common sense. I took a minute to learn how to do it. I cared about how the job looked and um, made sure that we always left a, a good job and a good impression with the customer. Um, when I started my own company, probably about half of the work I was doing was uh, painting, half of it was uh, drywall repair work. Um, a few, you know, fast forward a few years down the road, um, I met a wonderful girl here in Central Florida. She was born and raised here. Um, we got married. I decided Orlando was a lot more exciting than uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I moved here, uh, started the painting business immediately here. And um, it was and drywall repair again. And uh, because I was and drywall repair, uh, we began getting a lot of drywall repair work. And uh, one year, I think it was around 2009 or maybe 2010, we had several calls over about a three-week period at the end of the semester. I think we, you know, we talked about that a couple of minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And I wound up doing these jobs for the um, students at UCF. Um, there were several fellows working for me at the time, and we I remember we had a discussion, <clears throat> and I asked them, do you all like doing this kind of work? Yes, they said, we, we like it. And our per hour was, was much more than we were getting painting. So um, I asked myself the question, hey, what does it look like if somebody has a company that's specifically targeting drywall repair work? And at that time, I began to look around. I remember I spent my free time for about a month just looking online everywhere. Who's already doing this? Who's the franchise? Who's right. the McDonald's doing this business? Just trying to get an understanding. And um, so... Not, we, not many people, I would suspect. Maybe a handyman? There were, there were some handymen that would do the work. Um, there were a couple of painting companies that would do it as a courtesy, but it wasn't really their main line of business. Um, and so... As it turns out, we actually wound up inventing our own category because, yeah. and even you know, ten years later, uh, as a larger company, we're still um, having to describe ourselves and explain to people what it is we do. I was at breakfast this morning with my wife and one of my sons, and and a lady there that we've known for fifteen years mm -hmm. said, "Oh, is that what you guys do?" <laughs> right? Because she has a drywall repair at her house, and I think right. my son was wearing one of our shirts yeah so you know you have the when you think drywall you think oh i want to build a house and drywall my house right or i've got a warehouse or an office building drywall right um but who do you think of what do you think of when it's for repair for some reason people don't think of a drywall company they think of everybody but a drywall company right maybe my friend's uncle knows how to pass drywall right maybe i'll give it a try myself um, so being able to kind of I, identify this niche, um, at what point did you say, you know what, let's just give it a go? What was the, your, your process? Well, so this was just after the uh, collapse, the economic, uh, the Great Recession, I believe they call it, in 2008. And um, I thought it's, it's time to kind of look at doing something new. 
Um, and again, I'm a kind of person I ask a lot, hey, what does it look like if? What do you suppose happens when? These are some favorite questions I have. And so I, um, I remember setting the company up. I, I went and got a burner phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I had a phone number. I hired a kid out of UCF who was a graphic designer, but he also happened to do um, build websites. And I think I paid him over time, I think I paid him about $500. He actually designed the logo, which we still use. Mm-hmm. He designed and built my first uh, website, um, which was, for that time, quite effective. Uh, we had a lot of business off of that. We wound up testing um, the business for about three years to make sure that the concept was solid. So I kept my painting company rolling right. while we were doing that. After three years, we were pretty sure we were on to something. Um, and I do want to circle back just a moment, uh, talking about getting the, this is something that the entrepreneur has to do. You have to be willing to do more than the average person. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I was running a painting company. I had several guys working for me. I had some rental properties, so I had tenants. I had a wife. I had four kids. I mean, there was a lot of moving parts in my life at that time. Full plate. Full plate. So once we began to build the website, it was clear that we were going to have to have time um, this, with this kid, Drew was his name, um, to, get, to get together to be able to get ideas. Well, so the only time I had during the week was on a Thursday night. So Drew used to show up at about 7 o'clock, knock on my door, and then he and I would convene in my office at the back of my house uh, from about 7 p.m. I remember I'd of coffee on and we would work from about 7 p.m. till around 11 and we did that for about four four five six weeks um so we got he showed up one night he had the hole in the wall uh, logo which i approved immediately i'm like i just i just got it, it he he got it it was spot on absolutely uh, the website looked fine uh we got all that stuff going already had a phone number um and i chuckle i like to tell the story my wife she's a completely different person but she, she just laughs at me. She says, I can't believe you. you. She says, out of nowhere, you just create a business. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, if I'm going to start a business, I need to see the brick building. I need to see the sign on the front. I need to see the telephone cord run to the desk that's already in place there and the computer up and running. Mm-hmm. Now I'm ready to start a business. But she said, you just go get a burner phone. So you have a phone number. You just start doing you know SEO work, doing you know, online stuff, and you hire a kid out of UCF and you start a business that way. And yeah. she always thought that was really amazing. <laughs> so we did, get, we got the website up, we got it going, we tested it for about three years. Um, the business was doubling in size um, each year uh, for the first, I think it was for the first four years. But by the time we got to the end of the third year, it was just. There, I didn't have enough hours in the day. Right. There was just, I was doing everything that a business does. Imagine I was doing mm-hmm. most all of that myself. Your bookkeeper, dispatcher, boss to your scheduling, you know, scheduling. Painter, drywall Painter. guy. Uh-huh. You know, I was anything that a business would do. I was, I was performing that. So there was a, there was a friend. Um, it was a local CPA, and I used to meet with him on. Uh, Friday mornings and buying breakfast because he was interested in the business and he was interested in me and he would uh, give me input on how to move forward and I used a lot of what he what he told me Uh, one day he said to me I've got a lady I want you to meet I think she could help uh, Gigi Mm -hmm. 
who has been with the company approaching 10 years now. She began answering the phone. She was a bookkeeper. Uh, she was able to help manage crews. She was really a godsend yeah. because she was able to take a lot of the load off of me. Um, about six months later, uh, my friend says to me, I've got another guy I want you to meet. Um, would you mind to have breakfast with this guy? I'm like, okay, I'm open to that. And he says, well, when I showed up to breakfast that day, there's this big bear of a guy. And he says, this is my one of my oldest friends. His name is Mr. James Groves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, you understood uh, Hole in the Wall, got it right away. And as I understand it, you were kind of in between mm-hmm. sort of looking for a Looking yep. for a change. Yep, I just uh, I had just um, uh, quote unquote retired from my previous career. I spent you know twenty plus years in the entertainment industry, and uh, th- those who know me, I've got a beard full of gray hair, and that's not necessarily from my four children. It's from working in the entertainment industry. The show must go on mentality uh, was was stressful, um, and I was able to take a break from that for a second. Well, take a minute and tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you did in that industry. So, so when I, in my heyday there, I was the, the director of operations for the entire company. We were nationwide. So we had warehouses uh, here in Orlando where it's headquartered. We had Las Vegas, uh, Nashville. We had an office in Phoenix at one time. Um, and, and now the company has grown. They've got offices all over the country and the world. And uh, my job was to make sure that all of the shows had the proper equipment. So my team... I have about 110 employees underneath me, had multiple managers and assistant managers and supervisors. And our job was to make sure that the job, uh, the shows were going on. And and it could have been a concert. It could have been a concert tour. We were on the road with uh, multiple bands, but we also specialized in um, corporate events. So if you're in Las Vegas and you get the SEMA convention or the CES convention, this company would do all the audio, video, and lighting for those, uh, those conventions. So you did. You did a lot of traveling in conjunction a lot of traveling. with that, right? <clears throat> so part of the reason why I left is at the end I was traveling probably two to three weeks a month on the road, oh visiting all the warehouses that I was in charge of, and just kind of making sure things were going, going right. So um, I took a break, and uh, Dan Myers, um, our mutual friend, uh, probably one of my oldest friends in the world, um, yeah, he says I got this guy. You uh, name is Bill. He's got this drywall company, and he just he just needs someone to maybe help. And so we met, and I remember initially thinking that, well, what's the name of the company? Well, it's not Bill's Drywall. It's Hole in the Wall Drywall Repair. And I immediately got that, oh, this is a national brand. This is a brand that could be something big, something mm-hmm. great. Um, so I had it hook, line, and sinker from there. Um, and then we, you know, then I think my first task, I you hired me to build you your employee handbook. At that time, you were using mm-hmm. subcontractors. We weren't having full-time employees. Yeah, I don't even think we had any company vehicles at that time. No, I think we were, I think we were using your old blue pickup truck, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, some of the employees were using their own vehicles. Um, and so shortly, you know, after, I don't know, maybe a, a month or so of kind of just kind of consulting and being, um, you offered me to come on board. And mm-hmm. we've been able to really build a great brand um, from that day forward. I mean, 
you literally mentioned that you you had this bedroom office, but you literally built a small office attached to your bedroom. Mm-hmm. I would show up with my my personal laptop and sit on the corner of your desk while Gigi and I sat there and answered phones and worked through schedules while you were doing estimates on the road. Right, and, and in addition, an, uh, an occasional employee would pop in. So it was yeah, it was. So I mean, it lovely. was very it was very humble. Spring break and Christmas were wonderful when you know. Your wife and kids are, God, God bless Mary, one day she was actually wasn't feeling very well. I'm like, Bill, I'm not going to be in your bedroom with Mary sick in bed. And I just went to the kitchen, and we worked all day from the kitchen. Um, but that was our that was our humble roots. And within a few months of coming on board, we decided that, you know, we actually do have some great employees. we got a great product. We are going to uh, go find a warehouse. And then we found... Uh, a nice little warehouse that we just kind of mm-hmm. started. And then began buying a couple of vans, I mm-hmm. remember. And the first one or two were just old vans. They were just Horrible. rattle traps. They, yeah, we, we went yeah. through a few of those. Yeah, we bought this old little Munch, this little Montana. We call it Hannah. Hannah, Montana. By the time we got rid of it, it was it was absolutely destroyed. So well, we called the wrecker man just to come pick it up, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I think I think uh, he paid us two hundred bucks and just drove it yeah, away. And we we were glad to see it go. Well, that's kind of fun because then all of a sudden we moved to, well, we always had company shirts, but then we made nice company shirts and mm-hmm. all the employees would be stopped being um, 1099 employees and they all became W-2 employees where their background Ooh. checked and they've got workers comp. And Well, you know, that's, you know. that's part of the element you brought in coming from a larger company. My experience was working as a tradesman. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do have a college education, and I had a minor in business administration, and I had an understanding of the kinds of things that needed to be done. Mm -hmm. But when you came in, you really brought that element, and I think the company you came from was probably a $90 or $100 million company. Mm -hmm. But I remember right away you began identifying things so simple, like we need email addresses for everyone. wasn't even on my radar. Right. Um, Yeah, the Gmail account wasn't working for me. Yeah. Yeah, and and so, but I you came in and began making those kind of changes, and they were improvements, and it was it was a little bit of a slow grind, but I could see that improvements were being made, and that we were moving into a direction of, and I and I remember frequently saying to you, that's a that's a really great idea, James. You got to figure out how to do that for hundreds of dollars, not thousands, because we were, you know, what was the concept we call it? We're bootstrapping here. Mm-hmm. We weren't borrowing money. We were using the funds that yeah. we had either in pocket already or that we were generating weekly just doing drywall repairs. Just cash flowing it. Yeah. We were just cash flowing everything. And um, Well, I came from a company where I had an unlimited expense account. So if I, that's good, I just go at least three trucks, no problem. You mm-hmm. know, I'm going to, I'm going to go buy something that's brand new versus new. And it was a shift for me because I immediately realized that um, we just can't go buy something or we can't just go rent a warehouse. Yeah. You know, I don't want to spend $3,000 a month for rent. Yeah. Well, and I and I remember distinctly having this sense early on that, man, you are a high-powered guy. You're coming out of a high-powered industry. And it really felt to me like we were strapping a V8 engine onto a skateboard. I'm <laughs> like, this this could go wrong so many ways. Uh, but gratefully, it never did. Uh, you know what? You and I seemed to get along well right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, we respected one another. Um, we worked well together. We worked as a good team. It was a small team at that time with Gigi. We all got along well. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and frankly, we had a couple common factors. Like, so we, you know, being religious, churchy, Christian people that we are, not that we force that onto our business or to our, our employees, but 
we had this common courtesy and just this common respect for all people. When you're working with someone, I mean, listen, our, our office is, our chairs bump. We're so close together right now. We right. just work. And when you're working somebody with someone that, that close, you have to have a, a respect for them. And, um, and the employees see it. So now our employees kind of see who we are. Our, our, our general manager, Mike Elliott, he giggles all the time. He says, you guys are like the odd couple because we, <laughs> we literally just, you know, you know, we've been together so many years. Like we, we kind of are the, 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 the bickering sometimes we're just kind of mm-hmm. ribbing each other odd couple. Um, and it, it's pretty funny because you always have this, this thing. Well, it was a, a if we're, if we're both the same, one of us isn't needed. One of us isn't needed. Yeah. yeah. You know what? My wife really helped me to understand that too. Um, Early on, I, I remember commenting to her, James is so capable. He knows things about business that I just haven't experienced working on my own, working in the trades by myself. Um, and I said, I just, I, I feel, I feel sometimes a little bit less than. She says, whoa, 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 time out. She says, you gotta, you gotta understand this whole process as a relay race. She said, do you think James ever would have worked for the pennies on the dollar that you worked for in the first couple of years to get this thing off the ground, running the first leg of the relay? Would I have ever started a drywall company on my own? No. So there were so many steps that I, that I took that James just wouldn't have. And she, she was really helpful in pointing that out. And she said, the thing is, you're coming to the end of the first leg of this relay. And so there's this handoff of the baton, and James is going to run the second leg. And the things that are required in the second leg of building this business um, are beyond what you either can or want to do. They're out of my wheelhouse, but they're directly in James's. And I, I said, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I, I can get that. So, Well, it seemed to work out for us because, I mean, here we are over 10 years later, and I still like you, and I still like being in business with you. So yeah, no, it did. I was, yeah, same mm-hmm. here. We, mm-hmm. we, we get along well. Uh, the business is is healthy. It's grown at a, a good pace. Uh, we survived the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, we were what did it, what was it they called us during the pandemic? We were essential essential workers. workers. I, I don't know that I'd ever been considered essential before. You are essential. Well, I certainly feel it. Uh-huh. And so we survived that. Um, I think now we're somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty employees. Mm-hmm. Um, over. We've been over that a few times. We've been one or two under that a few times. Um, I think we're probably at about a dozen vehicles mm-hmm. at this time. Yep. We have a full-time estimator, full-time, um, well, he's more than an office manager. He's the general manager of right. Orlando now. Which, and that kind of separates us from the typical person who, you know, oh, yeah, my uncle's going to come fix it for me. Or you have the, the, it's the solo entrepreneur, single man operator. You know, they can't answer the phone all the time. They they may not even show up when they say they're going to show up. Right. And we've perfected this look and feel, this image. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's logoed, everyone's background checked, the vehicles look tight, the employees, you know, don't look like riffraff. Yeah, and this has always been one of my uh, one of my things is that we need to have a high standard. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the website needs to look like the girl sounds who answers the phone, mm-hmm. who looks like the guys who show up in a logo, clean vehicle, in company shirts, mm-hmm. that the work is done to a very high standard, that there's a continuity of look and feel. This is a word we use a lot around here, is the look and feel. So 
when you call, it sounds professional. When people show up, they look professional. And the job that they leave behind is professional. So we obviously uh, have our hands full. We're busy. Why in the world are we wanting to do a, a podcast? I mean, I, I think it's kind of clear that there's a few things that we can learn from each other and, and, and the world of business. But, I mean, why are we wanting to do a podcast? I mean, I think that what there, there is, there is uh, some knowledge in our brains. And frankly, we've been doing it so long our way. Um, every time we meet somebody new that's a young business owner, there's always something that they can glean from our conversations because we're not perfect. We've got no, all kinds. Of, we certainly ha- not. We have so many mistakes. And that's what I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to love doing over the course of this the series of the lifespan of this podcast is we're able to kind of highlight um, the do's and don'ts that we've accomplished, some of the some of the things that we failed at, maybe, or some of the things that we've succeeded at. Yeah, and even some and of our hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams, and then and then frankly. We're not experts, so we're going to bring in people to talk about it, interview right. people, and other maybe other small business owners that want to talk about business, and we can coach them even live on air. So right. I, I kind of love the idea that we're going to kind of grow. We're going to go down this, what I like to call the journey of small business, and we're going to try and document it. We've got 10 years in this, so we're going to try and do some catch-up. Right. But being able to document what we've done um, audibly and being able to move forward with that, I think it's going to be kind of fun. Yeah, and part of the excitement for me is that um, as you interact with people, you always learn something from them. If you're ahead of them in business or behind them in business, you have something to learn from everyone. We can offer things to people, but mm-hmm. we can also learn from everyone that we that we Absol- encounter. Absolutely, because because frankly, you know, we might think we we know a few things, but we don't know everything. What was I, I, there was a quote I just heard last week I really like. It was, if you know everything you have no room to learn anything or something like that i just mm. love the fact that we're always learning we're always evolving yeah um and uh and frankly after managing the hundreds of employees that i've managed over the years um we're able to maybe give some insight to people on how they can help manage their crews too so yep i don't know folks this is kind of where we uh we want to be and we hope you enjoy um you'll hear at the end of the podcast how you can get a hold of us if you've got a question you want to ask us a topic that you want us to comment on uh, we'd love to hear from you, uh, podcast at holeinthewall.com. Um, and uh, obviously, you can learn more about us. If you just Google Hole in the Wall Drywall Repair, you're going to find us. Um, but I think well, that's we, all. Well, we make it easy, make it our business we, to be easy to be found, to be, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you want to be able to, we want, you want us to, to be there. We're easy to be found. So I believe we're going to call it a quits for our first podcast. I think that was very successful. I enjoyed the I process. Enjoyed yeah, I enjoyed that. All right. Well, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. If you would like to learn more about us and our business, check us out at holeinthewall.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, drop us an email at podcast at holeinthewall.com. And if you are interested in a Hole in the Wall franchise, please email us at franchise at holeinthewall.com.